you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into another edition of the show. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast where we talk about investing, finance, and retirement with Phil Putney, CPA and personal financial specialist at AFS Wealth Management. I'm Mark along with for the ride with you and I'm going to co-host this thing. And Phil, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Getting busy. We're kind of back into the season, wrapping things up with our first set of classes. So school's in the air. Kids are coming back to school and we're starting classes again for our our clients. Okay, very cool. Yeah. So that's something that you do for current clients or as well as potential clients? Both. We we offer to potential clients. We have a lot of current clients that will come back through again, but we teach you know, retirement type topics. So right now we're teaching taxes and retirement, social security. And then my son-in-law is teaching a class on Medicare and the ABDCs of Medicare. So there's oh, okay. a lot of moving pieces there too. So very cool. And yep. can we, and can we find out more about these classes by going to the website, afswealthmanagement.com? Yep. yep, absolutely. We've got them posted on our website under the events section on our Facebook page. And cool. so, yeah, if you're interested, just please go out there, see what we have coming up. Go ahead and register and we'll get you into the next class. We'd Very love to help. have you. All right. Well, go to afswealthmanagement.com. That is afswealthmanagement.com. I assume that's the same for Facebook as well. Yep. Just okay. look up AFS Wealth Management and you'll find it. There you and go. We have Facebook events on there as well. So Very cool. Very cool. Well, that's good to hear. And then, yeah, it's that's time of the year, right? The uh, school's winding back up and all those things are starting to happen. And the market is, uh, at the time of this podcast, it's actually, after several weeks of volatility, it's had a three or four days of stability, I guess. And it's inched its way right back up to 26,000 again on the Dow. So, you know, trade talks aside, I think it's going to probably continue to that's my opinion anyway. I think we're going to continue to see some of this volatility and, and whatnot. But what's your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think so. We're, you know, I, it's funny. I've just been going through uh, client reviews the last couple of days here, and that's always the hot topic of, okay, what do you think the market's going to do? And right. I, you know, who knows? Who for knows? Sure. Right. The reality is, yeah, we're, I think we're reaching a peak. It's unfortunately, I think we're going to see a lot of this sideways volatility until we end up going through some kind of a downside correction again, just to readjust everything. But, to me, what I'm seeing with the volatility we have, it just tells me that the market's sitting on pins and needles. It doesn't take a whole lot to really set things off. So at some stage, you're going to see it. And unfortunately, kind of nearing the end of a presidential term, we're looking at an election. And you know that always, usually that year is stable historically, but right. yet- 2008, <laughs> if you look at it, was an election year, and that wasn't a real stable year. So. Right, right. And any and, <laughs> doesn't any, always play out to be the truth. So yeah. all those, you know, fun facts about the market. There's always an exception. So well, and I think this one, I think this particular, you know, time in the presidency and the administration and the markets and all these things. I think these are obviously like probably like any other we've ever seen. So it's definitely even harder to predict what's going to go on. So. Don't even try. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, don't even try. Yep. But speaking of that kind of arena, the presidential arena or and, and so on and so forth, I did have a headline I wanted to get your take on. Bernie, sure. uh, old Bernie there, he wants to forgive about $1.6 trillion 
of student loan debt so that nobody has any student loans at all. Elizabeth Warren has come out with her own plan that focuses a bit more on lower and middle income families getting the loan forgiveness. It's about a third of the price tag of Bernie's $1.6 trillion. But in general, not getting political, just in general, the a good idea or a bad idea to even consider you know, school loan forgiveness. Yeah, that's and again, trying not to get political in any of this or not getting political in it. But it's the thing with any of these plans like this, it always cracks me up is like, okay, who's who's going to pay for that? I mean, the, the right. money's already been borrowed, paid to the school, they've spent it, the debt's out there, you know, so right. you think the, you know, the government, I mean, they, they're just going to forgive it. I mean, they... We're just, we're, well, the taxpayers are taking on more there, debt, right? The, the banks that have yeah. made, I mean, how is this going to really happen? It's a great thought, but I definitely have to have the uh, some kind of a restructuring done on the whole educational system because yeah. costs just continue to go up exponentially beyond inflation as we were starting to see with you know kids that are coming out with all this loan debt having a hard time affording a house i mean i think we've actually probably pushed too many kids into college getting rid of some of the trades and training like that that used to happen in high school that for a lot of kids is an exact it's a perfect fit you know, so they wouldn't have to have gone through college four years, come out with a hundred thousand of debt with some degree that really isn't going to earn them some type of income potentially that could pay that back. So, right, right. But stepping down from my soapbox now, that's <laughs> that'd be kind of my take on it. Is you know, first of all, if they're talking about forgiving it, you always have to ask, well, how is that really going to happen? Yeah, because you know, it's it's not like the government has one point six trillion sitting in a checking account waiting to write the check to say, yeah, I think we're going to be. Just writing that check and we'll give everyone this gift because it's not there. <laughs> you mean we don't have a, uh, an extra slush fund somewhere we can use for that? <laughs> no, the last I checked, I think we've been spending in a deficit for yeah, quite a few years. For quite now, a while so. now, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm with you, Phil. I think it's one of those things where we really need to be looking at getting the cost of these educations back down. And some, I've heard some people say that government getting out of the whole school thing, period, grants, loans, and all that stuff is one way to go about that because the schools know that there's so much money that the government gives for to different students and things that they can continue to raise these prices and, and we just don't seem to object. So maybe a better use of yep. our time would be to figure out how to make these educations more affordable so that people can come out of school and actually be able to get a job that's paying them something. So that's a topic for another day, Absolutely. but I, I wanted to get your opinion on that. Well, Phil, let me go ahead and hit you with our email question this week that has come into the website, which is afswealthmanagement.com. And it's from Howard in Farmington Hills. Howard says, Phil, now that I'm retired, I do need income from my investments, obviously. Should I invest primarily in dividend paying stocks now that I'm retired? I mean, this is a common question that comes up when we're talking with clients and how money's positioned and, you know, should I look at dividend paying stocks? I mean, it could be a part of your portfolio, but the concern I always have when you, when you look at this is what I call reliability of income, right? I mean, if you look at, you get into retirement, there's a certain expectation I would think you have of how much you're going to need on a monthly basis to live on. And I mean, part of that's going to come from Social Security or other pieces, and that gets back to having an overall strategy and plan in place of how you're going to, to make that need or fill that need. But my biggest concern in using dividend-paying stocks, at least as a, a primary or even a big piece of your strategy, is what happens when we go through these market corrections. You know, I'd encourage you to look at some of those dividend-paying stocks as they go through the corrections. A lot of them have cut dividends. Some completely stopped them for a period of time, and they restart them back up. And if you're needing that income, it's kind of the worst of all scenarios because if that company stops paying dividends, 
and their stock is worth even less and you still need that amount of income, now you're getting forced to sell the stock at a low, low point in the market. So it's not a good scenario. So again, it could be a part of a strategy, but maybe only for that, what I would call discretionary income that if something happens in the market, they lower dividends or stop, you're willing to make an adjustment in your budget and say, well, I'm not going to spend that amount of income because it's not there. Definitely not part of the amount of money you need to spend in retirement for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great question, Howard. Thank you so much for submitting that in. Uh, reach out to Phil and have a, a more specific conversation with him, talk in-depthly with him at 248-888-7530 or anybody else who is listening to the podcast. If you're not already a client and you do have some questions, or even if you are a client and you have some questions, reach out to Phil and the team at 248-888-7530. All right. Well, let's turn our attention to our main portion of the podcast this week, Phil. And I want to have a little fun with, uh, did you ever watch the TV show Mythbusters? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was one of our favorite shows, especially when the kids were growing up and kind of later in high school and that. But uh, I always used to love the show as a, as a guy, you know, the things that blew up. They were just oh, always yeah. crazy things they were doing. <laughs> yeah, really cool stuff on that program. And so it was a lot of fun. They did take it off, but there's like been different kinds of spinoffs and stuff as well. But I thought what we could do is have some fun and do some financial myth busting. And if you recall, Sounds Phil, good. yeah, if you recall from the show, they would do uh, like confirmed if it's a myth or they do plausible if it could kind of go either way or something like that. So I'll give you a couple of myths and you hit us with what you think. Here we go. Shifting from stocks to bonds removes the volatility from your portfolio. Um, I mean, this one, I would say plausible to busted because okay. it's, I mean, if you look back historically plausible, you know, let's just look at the last downturn in the market, the 2008 timeframe bonds actually did okay in that timeframe. But if you understand really why that's because interest rates were falling and as interest rates fall, bond values actually go up. The challenge we start to face now, if we get into another correction, I don't think you're going to see potentially as much of a, a volatility shift and an offset in the bond market because there's nowhere for interest rates to fall. We're pretty much at the bottom. The feds have started to try to raise the interest rate again a little bit, but hit kind of a headwind in it and they started to back off a little bit. So I'd be concerned as, you know, using that 100% against, uh, you know, kind of that volatility Offset in your portfolio, just make sure you truly understand the risks that are inside a bond portfolio anymore. It's not, I don't think, as good of an offset as what it once was um, right. just because of the timing in the market and where we're at. Yeah. Nope. I think that's a good point. So we'll call that one, uh, as you said, plausible to busted. How about this one, Phil? Once you retire, life insurance is no longer necessary. Um, that one, I would say, again, plausible to busted, but probably more on the busted side. And this is something that comes up all the time is... You know, clients will talk about, well, I, I let that policy expire because I don't think I need it anymore. I'm, I'm retired. I don't need life insurance. And we don't think you do or don't. We actually run the math behind it to see. So when we're doing a financial plan, we run it as though everyone lives to full life expectancies and goes just as you plan. But then at the end of it, we want to stress test it to say, okay, that's great. But now what happens if either of you pass away early? And you just have to understand what happens when that happens. There's a loss of one of the Social Security benefits is gone. So you no longer have two. You've got the greatest of the two benefits. If there's a pension, depending on the election that was made there, you could lose all or part of that pension. And probably the biggest one that isn't understood is you go from being married filing joint to single from a taxpayer standpoint. So your tax brackets all get condensed to about half of what they were before. So unfortunately, a lot of times that surviving spouse gets forced into a higher bracket. So 
at the end of the day, you can't guess, you got to run the numbers to see, do I need life insurance? So we help all our clients understand, is there really a need? And if there is, then let's look at it. If not, then there's no need for it. You don't have to have it. It's one of those generalities of kind of rules of thumb in retirement. I would right. say you can't yeah. go by it for everyone. It doesn't apply necessarily. Run the numbers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. So how about this one, Phil? You will need less income once you've retired than when you're working. We typically hear that 85% number. Well, you need 85% of what you were making in retirement type deal. And I mean, this one I would say is busted. And I guess to qualify that, if we're talking about net income, if we're talking about gross income, then I would agree, yes, less, because you might be contributing to a 401k today. You're not going to do that in retirement. That's part of your gross. You know, So there's certain things like that. But I always, I don't talk about gross. I always want to know, what do you need to spend? What's that bottom line net spendable income? That's really all that matters. And from that standpoint, I would say it's busted. Most people don't want to, have a decrease in standard of living once they get to retirement. You've right. saved all these right. years, <laughs> plan for retirement, and you know, have got a certain level of, of living, standard of living that at least the clients I work with, that's their plan is they're going to maintain that. So I would say that's busted. Yeah. I imagine that too many people walk into your office and say, uh, yeah, Phil, I think I'd like to go backwards in retirement. I want to live a little less than I do now. I don't think that happens very often, does it? Absolutely. And I mean, <laughs> it, it all comes back to, to what is your vision of retirement? Right. You know, if, if, right. Your vision of retirement is staying at home and, you know, rocking on the front porch and watching TV every day, then yeah, you probably can go backwards because you're not going to spend a whole lot. But again, if your vision is a little more active retirement and you've got a lot of hobbies you do now and you want to continue those and maybe some travel, you need to really look at that because that that's one of those pieces that you can always make a plan look really good if you adjust that retirement income need down. But when the rubber hits the road and you're actually there, is that really going to be enough? Yeah, no, I agree 10,000%. Okay, so one more here. I think we can squeeze in, maybe two, we'll see. Lower tax bracket kind of falls in with the less income. The myth of you will be in a lower tax bracket once you retire. And this one is absolutely busted. It's um, very, very few people that I work with are going to be in a lower bracket for a lot of reasons. Number one, back to the income. Typically, you need a similar level of income. But the other thing, you're losing deductions, right? So you don't typically have a mortgage or a lot of people don't. So you've lost that deduction. Don't have a uh, personal exemptions, although under the current tax law, that doesn't matter anymore. But the way it's set up, it'll come back. You know, so even if the kids are still living with you, they're not a dependent, you don't get the deductions. So you're starting to lose some deductions. And when you start to add up that income, once you look at Social Security pensions, required minimum distributions on the IRAs, Unfortunately, the the reality is most of the clients, again, I work with are, are at the same, maybe even potentially in a higher bracket, depending on how well they've done saving. Yeah. Okay. See, again, you've got to run the numbers to see. There's nothing yeah. short, no shortcut around it. Run the math for your scenario to see what does it look like. Well, and a lot of times that's really what it comes down to is anytime with any of these kinds of things, you can, you know, we can have some fun playing Mythbusters here, but a lot of times you've got to run the numbers or even rerun the numbers. If you've got a plan in place, sometimes a second opinion is a good way to go or just making sure that that plan is being tweaked. If you're working with a good advisor, they're going to, that, that plan is going to be a living document, just like your own life. It's going to evolve as your life evolves. So definitely make sure you're having a conversation. If you need some help, as always, reach out to Phil here on the program at AFSWealthManagement.com. That's AFSWealthManagement.com. You can find them on Facebook as well. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Google or various different outlets. Check out some of the classes on his website that he has coming up or give him a call, 248-888-7530. That's 248-888-7530. 
Phil is a CPA and a personal financial specialist at AFS Wealth Management. And Phil, we'll finish off our show this week with another fun fact, or not really a fun fact, but a getting to know you fact, just to kind of have a little fun there and and change it up. Although this was a fun episode, so myth busting was fun. I like that. We'll have to do that again sometime. Absolutely. Uh, I I love Mythbusters. Yeah, it was a great show. So we'll have to do that again sometime. I don't think we can blow anything up, unfortunately, on a podcast. (laughs) No, probably not. We wouldn't want to blow up a client's portfolio. No, definitely not a good idea. And I wouldn't want to blow (laughs) up the market. Sometimes does a good enough job of that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. The market can handle that, right? It can handle all that stuff. We'll uh, we'll do the solid and predictable and the and the stable stuff here on this side. But anyway, here's our getting to know you this week. If money and time were not a factor or an issue, Phil, what hobby would you like to get into? Oh, probably a square and get back to back when I was a kid, we had horses, you know, and it was oh, back okay. then I didn't appreciate it as much because it was a lot of work. I mean, getting up, you know, they ate before you ate, basically. Yeah. You had to go out and make sure they were fed, they had the water, you know, clean the stalls, all that kind of fun stuff. I had a great time riding them on the weekends and seeing, you know, the beautiful country around northern Michigan where I grew up. But you don't appreciate it as much until you get a little later and realize what you really had. But it took a lot of time to maintain them. So I'm very grateful to my parents for what they sacrificed for us to do that and teaching us that valuable lesson. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to have had horses or have horses now if, if and really it's time. You know, who has the time to yeah. At least I don't have the time to maybe pursue that as much as, as if I did. Yeah, that'd be great. They are definitely awesome animals. And but you're right, they are also very, very finicky and very picky. And oh yes. Yeah. Yes. If you don't if you don't maintain their schedule, they can have some big complications because of it as well. So they yeah. uh yeah, and they're they're a big animal with big hoofs and yeah, um, yeah they'll let you know if they don't like something. So <laughs> They, they are not, uh, you better not be in the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My wife used to do a lot with them and she said, you know, basically, you know, they're four year old children, you know, for like 25 years, you know, cause they can live a yes, long time. Yeah. Right. So you can, you can get those four year old temper tantrums for about 25 years with a horse. So yep, awesome, yep. awesome animals, but yeah, definitely very interesting. Well, that's cool. That's, that's our show this week. Uh, fun getting to know you fun, myth busting all around entertaining show. And uh, we appreciate your time as always here on Phil's tax hacks and other retirement facts with Phil Putney. Again, if you need him, reach out to him at AFSWealthManagement.com. That's AFSWealthManagement.com. And Phil, my friend, thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks and you take care. Thanks, Mark. You too. Absolutely. We'll talk to you next time here on the podcast. Don't forget, go subscribe and listen to past episodes and future episodes. We'll see you next time here on the program. investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.